Welcome back to Ready Comics Roll, and if you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're so preoccupied on whether or not you could remake the live-action Death Note, but you never really consider if you should. I'm Anthony. With great power comes great mediocrity. I'm Mike. And with us today is our special guest... I am the movie you didn't want, but still got anyways. I'm Will. What the what is up with everything going on lately with these... How should I put this... I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with my my line from earlier. Mediocre adaptations. I don't want to call them all bad. I just want to leave some air for some of them to breathe. Some of them have been good. Some of them have been okay. Some of them have been horribly mediocre, and some of them have just been been plain horrible. Death Note in particular, following that latter category. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So I mean, sure, it's pretty clear at this point. Today we're going to be discussing film adaptations. Whether it be from books, comic books, video games, doesn't matter. For whatever reason, Hollywood has this sick obsession with, let's take these properties and make them into films, even if they obviously would not translate so well. Not to say that there's not instances of where it has been done well, but more often than not... Not everything can be Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh... Let's cast an Austrian guy as a U.S. Marine. <laughs> for you, it was a, it was a, I don't even remember the whole line, but it's basically, for you, it was, it was, this was like a memorable whatever, but to Bison, <laughs> to me, this was it was a Tuesday. Tuesday. See, everybody remembers the, it was a Tuesday line. I mean, there's some cheesy ass lines. For you, this was, the most, this was the most traumatic moment of your life, yeah. or your childhood, for me. It was just a Tuesday. It was just a Tuesday. Oh my god. Such a such an amazing actor in, in such a, a terrible role. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was his last. But he will forever be remembered for Adam's family. And oh, that's, yes. that's, 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 that's what gonna, That's, that's where we're going to go with that. But, okay, so we had that. We had the Mortal Kombat movies. Those weren't all horrible. The first one was fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. I will fight everybody in the comments. In, were there two or there three of those? Uh, I believe two. Yeah. Okay. They were so talking it, about making a third. The, but yeah, there was happens. talks about making a third, and then there was the like YouTube adaptation, like TV we want thing. to make this into a TV series, and that looked really fucking good. It, and then it, it went did, nowhere. and they had Michael Jai White as Jackson was like everybody was perfect casting for that, and it went nowhere. And I'm so sad, so sad. But I mean, by the second movie, we literally had ninjas flipping through holes and dimensions. So that was fine. That wasn't the problem. What killed the second movie? Was they decided to just completely ham it up for whatever reason. And then on top of that, no, even further, the animalities. The animalities is, is yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, That's the, 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 they, okay, so there was a point in which they video gamed it up too much. They pulled the Super Mario Brothers movie. But... Fuck you. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie is a timeless classic. And I will stand by that. I am saying that unironically. I love that fucking movie. I love that movie for John Leguizamo and... John Leguizamo's um, a national treasure. You put him on anything, and it is, at the very least, an enjoyable film. At the very least. (laughs) If he survives. If he survives, yes. If he dies, then it's immediately the worst film ever. Really? Really? You didn't like, uh, what was that, City of the Dead? The the, the George A. Romero movie that he was in. Because he dies in that one. No, I know. He was the bad guy. Listen, all I'm trying to say He was also the bad guy in some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that I can't always remember. Or a bad guy in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that I can never remember. All I'm saying, though, is that John Leguizamo is trying to be like Sean Bean. And that every role he picks up now, he's dying. (laughs) And that's sad, because I like him. 
Yeah. Uh, he survived in a lot of his other roles, especially some of his more recent ones. He was in John Wick 1 and 2 without dying. And he was a badass in John Wick 1 and 2 as well. Yeah, I mean, the main things that I remember him dying in was the random Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the George A. Romero movie, and then he did that um, movie where he's like... Technically, the head of a drug cartel or something, and he died, or he's oh. trying to get out of being in the drug cartel. It's like Empire, I think was the name of the movie. Something like that. Uh, that was a really good movie, but it was so fucked up by the end. But I mean, actually, actually, it's a perfect example. So not only just the Mario Brothers film, which, you know, I'm Luigi Mario, I'm Mario Mario, get these Mario Brothers out of here. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> yes, it strayed so far from the source material... But, but it also managed to video game up some... Like, there's there's times where video gaming up your movie isn't a bad thing. Because no. it, you're, you're pulling that as source material. Like, they, they pick up the fucking mushroom, and the mushroom does mushroom things. From, yes. Yeah. And the bomb. Yeah, the bomb. Yeah, the bomb. bomb. Everybody's like, ah! Everybody's, like, ducking out of the way and running. <laughs> like, this tiny little bomb was still super serious. Everybody's like, oh, I mean, the bullet bills that you put in the shoes, and that's how you launch. <laughs> because realistically, you couldn't do a, a Mario jump in real life. Mm-hmm. So that was their explanation, how you do the super, like, large Mario jump. But yeah. I I got what they were going with, and yes, if you're looking at it from strictly if you, respecting the source material or being something true to a T, to the video game, that was not it. Before we got, I still say that was, that was, instant fucking classic. Yes, exactly. Whether it, it is either you know, it's either famous or infamous. And, for that and, and until they give me a Zelda movie, that's still my favorite Nintendo movie by far. <laughs> uh, but uh, so but again, John Leguizamo. This is, almost feels like it's going to be like um, six degrees of separation. We're just going to go on different John Leguizamo films. That funny enough for adaptations, we also have Spawn. Yeah. It was fantastic yeah. in Spawn. And Spawn even was still a, a good film, even though it was not well-received critically. Well, that, you, again, bringing up Michael Jai White, it, that was... Another, another completely underrated actor, in my opinion. And, and he's been in multiple adaptations. I mean, not all of them being... Com- I mean, I, well, Universal Soldier was a comic book at one point, and him being in the Returns, not Universal Soldier 2, because that actually wasn't Universal Soldier. No. Was that, was, that was something completely else... It didn't, it had nothing, like, it had the same premise of bringing back soldiers from the dead, but other than that, <laughs> fucking weird ass. I mean, with Spawn, again, loosely, I mean, I, I guess I, we sit here as, as fans of different mediums, whether it be video games, comic books, whatever, we sometimes like to get very critical of these movies for going the lengths that they, that they do, but then sometimes we gotta remember, one, these aren't made just for us said fans. Sometimes it's a matter of making it to where it can be widely kind of consumed, so to speak, by audiences much larger than, you know, us as far as the demographic is concerned. Not only that, though, you have to look at those, um, which I've tried to um, view myself, is granted a lot of characters I do love, but at the same time, I have to remember, this is not my vision of the character they're putting out there, the character I remember. This is the director or the producers or the screenwriters version of the character, which might not agree with what I feel, but it's not my view. It's their view they're trying to put out there to show. It's their story they're trying to tell. See, Will, Will has the same concept as I do with it when it comes to the Mass Effect 3 ending. It's, it's, it's not my story to tell. It's, you know, they, they crafted the story. I played through it. I get it. I, I understand how you want to end things. Okay, cool. Let's do this. Whatever. We, we already got into that whole debate last time. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, when, it, when it comes to, again, we're talking about these adaptations. There's, there's, yes, there is the fact that, you know, it's their version, but sometimes it's like, but why though? Did you have to do this? 
Like, for instance, Death Note. We already had a live-action adaptation of the, the manga and the anime. The, the Japan did. Why did America decide, you know what? We can do this better. And, of course, no way in hell did we. So, I mean, there, there are certain times when it, it's time to stop. Pump the brakes. Yeah. Nope, nope, did not need to be done. <laughs> you completely butchered it. Even if you didn't stick to the source material, what you made with your vision was still not enjoyable. Yeah, and and that's not... That was more of a case of them just making a bad series. Like, not... Not them... I mean, they yes. They wrote their own ideas down, the, and they tried to kind of congeal to what was originally in the source material, but they just made the writing so bad. <laughs> like... What, what, like, what on earth are you thinking when you, you take a character that's supposed to be this, like, cool and composed, yet also secretly psychotic into, like, a high school whiny bitch boy? Like, yeah, that's, that's what, a pretty what, apt description. I was gonna be like, ah, no, 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 you're right, right on the money. He, he's supposed to be calculating. And he comes off Methodical, as, even. Yeah. And he comes off as, oh, seat in my pants, I'm an emotional teenager. Here we go, death note time. <sighs> I am a god. I am a god. <sighs> I'm let, a golden Let, let it out, Will. This is a therapy session. Let it all <laughs> just go. Flow I, through I couldn't you. get to the first few minutes. It just, I just couldn't. I, uh, I like Light's character. I like Elmore, but just, just no. Well, and there's there's other things with that that were bad, but Netflix as a whole has not done horrible adaptations of everything. Can't get them all right. You can't get them all right. And the thing is, is some of the stuff that they've done, Voltron is fucking amazing. The the new series for Voltron is fucking amazing. Um, the Marvel shows have been the Marvel shows have been a larger success rate than a, than a failure rate. All right, so Marvel shows, I'll give you that, but Voltron that would be more in the remake reboot territory than it would be a you know adaptation. Well. Okay, as a an American studio doing the like, okay, I see. You mean in that respect? I, I, yeah, yes. I mean okay. like yes, I get it. It's a reboot of the original cartoon series, but it's also an adaptation of the original like source material. Yeah, and it's so well done because it it does take liberties with what was originally there, and it just go, it runs with them like it, it takes those liberties and it, it makes them into a more feasible story like there are things that were really missing from the original Voltron like explanations as to you know why the why you know yeah well I mean but you made a very good point and I think we would agree in regards to Netflix and handling you know some of the defenders I mean in regards to not only just Jessica Jones Luke Cage Daredevil and Iron Fist I mean, to be honest, and we've joked about this a million times ever, I could, uh, uh, I'm a huge Marvel fan, but comic book wise, I could really care less. And I know that's kind of like an oxymoron about Daredevil, but Netflix has made me just absolutely love at least that series. Maybe not Daredevil himself, but even then, this Daredevil is, I, I, I have a. This a, is the best Daredevil we've got yes. in a long time. Yes. I mean, from comic books, from movies, from television series, this is the best Daredevil it, on screen I'm still thus far. freaking out and geeking out over the season three uh, preview trailer. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or not, but for starters, we actually get Fisk in his white suit. I know it's such a tiny little detail, but just for him to go ahead and do that, 
you know, more iconic look from his comics, I was just like, yeah! It's always the little things that matters, you yeah. know? When you come look at this stuff, like, um, actually, I know this isn't on the same topic, but uh, me and my buddy were talking one time with the new Halloween movie coming out. Mm-hmm. One thing he heard and enjoys seeing is some of Michael's ticks from the original movies mm-hmm. are slowly being brought back into this movie because they got the original actor and be like, this is what he did, and this is why, this is what made the character, the little things. So it's always the little things that the movie I'm just happy that Jamie Lee Curtis is back. That too. But it's just like, they also just have to pay attention to the little things. Because like, like you said, the white suit, like that is what he's known for. Not just being big and bald, but also just always seeing that white, clean suit. Yeah. Because it, it, the funny thing is too, is what a lot of people don't know, is that is meant to be kind of like a form of imagery. Despite all the dirt that he's involved in, despite all of his wrongdoings, this dude always manages to get off scot-free. He always gets away clean, like his white suit. Yeah. And and that being said, we've gotten a lot of Spider-Man kind of villains coming to the forefront, especially with the Spider-Man game having come out, and that being as groundbreaking and as awesome as that is. Best Spider-Man game, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't... There's only a few cases in which that would have been something hard to do, really. Like, yeah, I mean, you have Spider-Man not, not to discredit the amount of work that they have put in on this game, but they could have done less, and it still would have been better than the best uh, Spider-Man game. I don't game. know, Spider-Man 2 was still... Uh, That's the problem. It, that, it, we were, we're looking all the way back Web to Shadows, Spider-Man Web of Shadows 2. Web of Shadows is still the best game out there. With Spider-Man. Spider-Man concerned. Well, before... We got Spider-Man PS4. So with the with the Spider-Man stuff and with you know we had the the Spider-Man game. We've got the Venom movie that just came out. We've got you know all this stuff out there that's kind of fitting that where Sony's holding on to the rights. Ah, uh, the Sony universe. The Sony you, universe. I but to be fair, when we're talking about adaptations, again, this is coming from a huge Venom fan, somebody who believe it or not would actually be more critical rather than more lenient because of that reason. Uh, despite what the critics said, we actually did a review here on the channel I did with uh, Cody after seeing it. It was a lot better than what critics were saying in regards to the film. I, again, when we're talking about an adaptation of the character, for starters, it doesn't have Spider-Man, which was a big deal for a lot of people. But there's a million and one different ways it could still work, and I've even done a video explaining that before. Uh, but even with that, that being said, the, with the character of Eddie Brock and the Venom being kind of loosely based off of the comic book iterations... For what they were trying to establish, and kind of like what Will mentioned earlier, this was their vision of the character, and it worked. It was an entertaining film. It did exactly what it set out to do. I'm hoping you're right. I still haven't seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) It broke records, but I can't sit here and just use that as the only point of reference, because you know what... Uh, there's a lot of other crap films that made stupid amounts of money. Well, and, like joking and this, around. This, is, this has been a this has been something that's been going on more more recently with the film industry. Critics just do not have their fingers on the pulse of the fandom anymore because they they're gonna shit on everything that comes out because they they hold movies up to way too high of a goddamn standard than the regular audience does. Well, and that's one of the things is they tried to compare the Venom movie to the MCU. Now, of course, MCU is kind of considered the gold standard when it comes to superhero films. But it's also kind of apples and oranges in terms of style of uh, movies being made. You, you can't, you cannot compare Venom to something like Logan. You can't compare Venom to something like 
the last uh, Avengers Infinity War. It's just, it's not, they're not the same wheelhouse. It's like trying, like, honestly, I hate the comparison of DCEU movies to Marvel movies. They're not the same wheelhouse. Yes, the DCEU is trying to kind of emulate what the Marvel Universe is doing, but they're not really trying to. Well, we all know the real reason why that happens. That's because that is the eternal uh, war of the big two that's just now going from the comics and went to the animated universe. It's now to the big screen. That's it, the reason why that comparison is truly still being made is because it's it's rivals. If, if DC really wanted to kind of try to make their universe fit better into a movie, they would either hire Feige or they would bring over Greg Berlanti to do the movies. Because the problem is that they have access to people like that, but they just, it's, it's Warner Brothers. They don't want to, they don't want to bring in, you know, oh, we're not going to bring in the TV producer guy. Why would we do that even though his shows are successful? <laughs> not like, only that though, but like also it's, it's, from everything I hear, the studio doesn't like to loosen its control over its properties. They don't want to be like, okay, you have a great vision, let's run with it and the, see what happens. The only, the only time that they loosen their grip is when they're making animated series movies. When it's an animated movie, they let the comic book people handle that. Because that's, that's on them at that point. And it the shows. Warner Brothers will produce it, it. And that's the reason why it, it, it is obvious. Like, when you had things like Justice League War and the Rise of Atlantis and the, um, the Batman, Batgirl, whatever that movie was, the Bat Family movie that, uh, and the Killing Joke and stuff like that, those weren't bad. Even, even the worst of them, the Teen Titans one, wasn't horrible. It just wasn't aimed at like me as an audience member. It was aimed at somebody younger than me, somebody with more millennial ties than I have. Um, Shots fired. Yeah. Um, oh no no but you know, no no. But again, it wasn't a, it wasn't bad. It was just not in my wheelhouse. Oh man, as we're going, again as we continue to play this game with six degrees of separation, you brought up you brought up Titans. And <laughs> oh. honestly, I brought up the cartoon. Yes, we have to no, talk yes, about the... yes, we do. Oh. We're talking about adaptations. So, okay, we can't say too much. We did the Robin fairly. costume looks good. Yeah. The actor in it looks horrible. I, I'm sorry, but it's just it's like granted, it's the whole. I understand. I can I'll still go with the whole. It's someone else's vision, not mine. But there is ever only been. Sometimes you have Dam- some shit to say. That's, with the, accept- that's what we're with the exception get of Damien Wayne, because Damien Wayne always has stupid shit to say, only one Robin does not like Batman. Well, okay. To be fair, only one other Robin hates Batman. But all of them have had their issues with Batman, save for maybe Tim Drake. I think Tim Drake's thing was more of a like, oh, I'm a teenager. I'm going to go start the Teen Titans now. Peace. Oh, and I'm not going to call myself Robin. I'm going to be the Red Robin. Because I'm cool like that. Um, I'm going to be a restaurant. To be fair, like Dick Grayson has his fundamental issues with Batman. Well, that's how he became Nightwing. He's that's why he like, became I'm sick, I'm sick of your shit. I'm going to do things my own way. Boom. I'm, I'm, I, I'm tired uh-huh. of being your, I'm tired of being your mm-hmm. kick around boy. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go be my own man. I'm going to go take over my own city and I'll be my own yeah. hero. But yeah. I and mean, thus he becomes the fucking voice of DC at some point. Like, understandable, but it's just, it's, as, as much as problems they had with Bruce, they would never go, I don't feel that they would ever truly, except for Red Hood, go as far as to say, 
fuck, fuck Batman. Batman. <laughs> mm, uh, honestly, I, 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 I'm fairly certain in a comic book somewhere that was a they dra- probably have Nightwing has said fuck Batman. He maybe has, but the, this definitely feels at least from what we've seen. Again, we actually need to watch the show. Which I don't know about you guys, but I'm not forking up the cash to get DC Universe and watch any of their garbage. Dude, I'm hardly willing to do the, the money to do the Disney the one, Disney one just to watch The Mandalorian. But I uh, might, because uh, it get Mandalorian. There's nothing that's been shown and that's really piqued any of our interest. Uh, we, we talk about the costumes. I mean, there's cosplayers out there that can put out infinitely better. Even I've seen more nine times better Beast Boys and or, Ravens. Or even realistic looks, because I know that's what they're going for, is they're trying to be more grounded in realism for whatever reason. Uh, there's other cosplayers that have done a million times better with probably a... a well, no, not with, even with probably a, known to be a much smaller budget yeah. to put those costumes together. Well, again, the only, one, the, only co- the only costume that looks anywhere near half-decent is Robin. Yeah, but Dick Grayson's even... He's Jason Todd. He's not Dick Grayson in this. But this is from what we've seen. From what we've seen. Because he has no problems Manure- Mannerism-wise, I don't care who he kill, is. Killing people and fuck Batman. Because he, he killed those thugs. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> But that's not what I'm talking about. He so, didn't use guns, though, so he's not just yeah, 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 yeah. The, the red hooding this before it even gets the red hood. Yeah. It's slightly <laughs> annoying. But this is not exactly what I'm talking about. So, yes, I, I agree with you again, Well, sometimes we just need to sit there and understand this is their vision for the character, but at the same he time... wrong. Yeah, it's like, at the same time, it's like, <laughs> well, then why do that in the first place? Why not create something original? And I think that's pretty probably one of my biggest issues when it comes to adaptations or reboots. Is if you're going to stray so far from the source material, or if you're going to be doing something so different, why not create something new or different to begin with? Why stick to that property? I've got an, I've got an idea for you, Warner Brothers. Listen up. What you do is you option Amazon. You let them produce Red Hood and the Outlaws... Let them rate it TVMA or whatever the hell they want to do. Let them fucking run with that shit. And it will be fucking phenomenal. You both can make bank and we can call it a fucking day. Maybe we'll actually get something the fans will enjoy out of that. Because I'm sorry, but the tick adaptation from Amazon is fucking good. Spot on. (sighs) I'm almost finished the first season. I'm sad that it's not Patrick Warburton, but I still fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I really enjoy that series too. Yeah, but that guy from Shaun of the Dead, who is the dick roommate, uh, he still does, I, I feel bad that I don't remember his name. He still does a fantastic job as as the Tick in the, the Amazon Prime series, though. Props to him. Yeah. He, again, nailing the character as far as the actor is concerned, as far as what they're doing with the story. I mean, this is, that's the way you do an adaptation. Mm-hmm. The yeah. costuming is nice. Yeah. And and that's something that's been, that, that's something that has to be said. Like, when these side entities try to take up properties... Some of them have been good. Some of them have been mediocre. Again, I, I'll, I'll throw out a mediocre one. Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger has, by by and large, been, to me, a Cloak and Dagger <laughs> fan. I, I'm mediocre. so sad that that was that case. I was looking forward to that series. It, there's just, some episodes that aren't bad. And then there are some episodes where I'm just like, it's, they oh, made teen angst. Okay. That's what I was going to say. They made too much of a teeny bopper drama. I think that's really what... I'm really looking forward to seeing New Mutants, only because I think it's going to be a really big I sweat. I thought that got did it? I don't. I thought the whole I, I Fox keep, deal that that got nixed. I thought that was still getting mm. produced because 
it was already like ninety percent canned, but I don't know. You mean done? Can I... Canned in, in the can. Okay, in the can. I mean, canned is like it's canceled. No. Um. I mean, or even besides that, I I think one of the things that I was uh, that uh, did well, at least as far as something that wasn't Netflix, was Runaways. We were getting season two of Runaways. That was also a pretty good app. I gotta catch up on that because I, yeah. I like the Runaway comics. See, that was one to me that felt again slightly mediocre. I mean, I didn't even finish the first season, but that was more or less just due to the fact that it felt slow to me in the beginning. And I'm just I'm one of those people. I I'll start a show, and if it's slow through three episodes, I'm kind of done with it. Like, I can't, I'll never go back and watch Tudors because it was three episodes of fucking boring. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think it nowadays, was like seven, I think it was seven seasons of fucking boring. Sadly, with the, the series nowadays, it's usually boring up until episode four or five from what I've been seeing. Slow burns. That's what it comes down to. There's slow burns that establish things. and But there's, there's good ways to do slow burns. Like, look at Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones did a slow burn at the beginning of that, but it was narratively intriguing. Well, that's too. To be fair, that's really what noir style anything really goes. It's always a slow burn. That's that, that the slow burn fits that style to a T. That's why that worked. That, that's that's kind of where I would give that that versus <laughs> if it were anything else. You're right. Slow burn doesn't really work out so well in a lot of other different styles of uh, storytelling. Well, they even managed to slow burn Luke Cage season one, which was phenomenal. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of fighting. He's constantly saying. he's constantly trying to avoid conflict through ninety percent of season one up until. I wouldn't say that was slow burn though. I mean, if you want to talk about to where he's actually getting into the serious action and where it really jumps in as far as him fighting the main antagonist. Which again, we had two well, main antagonists. Even, even, the second half was not even great. even the time it takes him to get... love Luke Cage, but the second half, ugh. even even in the, even in that regard, it it takes him a couple episodes to get into the point where he actually goes in and uh, what I would say would be the first main course of action for him, which was uh, disrupting the, the where she was holding all them where they were Christmas holding all Addicts. the money. Yeah, yeah. Christmas but you got to remember too the reason why that happened was due to the fact that Pops got killed. Yeah. That's why. That was the, the catalyst. So they had to get to that point. It wasn't just him, okay, I decided to do this. No, and I understand that. But the, again, that took a few episodes. You could have literally done one or two episodes to kind of tie him to Pops and then just killed off Pops in episode three and called it a freaking day. But no, they waited a few days. Because well, they wanted they wanted that death to have impact. Yeah. That's what it came down to. But neither, neither, neither well, here nor Pops else. is always a likable guy. It would have been impactful after episode two, man. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, looking back at all the conversation we've been having this time, I do have to ask this question. What is an adaptation you want to see? I, I got it already. It may, may not have been exactly the way I wanted to see it, but I've been wanting a Venom movie for the longest time to wash out the bad taste of Spider-Man 3. And I, I think it accomplished that. It accomplished that. Maybe not as well as I'd liked, but it did the job. Um, I kind of already stated mine. <laughs> I, I, I really do want a good Red Law, or Red Hood and the Outlaws, um, adaptation. And a, and a live action one for that matter. And I want it to be rated R or TVMA or whatever. Um, and not just for Starfire boobies. I want I want there to be like I want them to give Jason Todd an outlet to be Jason Todd. I want them to give Starfire an outlet to be the alien who misunderstands Earth and kind of 
is angry about a lot of shit. Because in Red Hood and the Outlaws, she doesn't really do the whole Teen Titans Starfire vibe. She's no. Oh, no, she's no, mean. No. Um, and even then, you can you add in um, other characters, uh, Artemis and uh, Bizarro come in, in in the later iterations of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and it's phenomenal. You have uh, a Bizarro who's addicted to kryptonite to keep himself smart, like. He eats kryptonite like it's a drug, and it makes him smarter than the Bizarro you're used to from the early like animated series and stuff. He actually becomes one of the smartest men on the planet, and as long as he stays on his kryptonite, as long it, as he stays, uh, keeps the kryptonite fix going. Got it. He's addicted to Adderall. <laughs> but you also you also have a way of bringing back Arsenal and doing an Arsenal storyline with Red Hood and the Outlaws. And spoiler, can, except for now, he's dead. Oh, you didn't know? Unless it was very recent. I, I haven't read, it was I haven't very read. recent. Okay, I haven't read anything in, in like they they did they a did month. a quick tangent. They did a storyline known as the Sanctuary. Oh yeah, 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 where it was where and which was an interesting move on DC's part, where a lot of people that are kind of traumatized by their work as superheroes can seek therapy and help there. Somebody had the balls to show up to uh, to Sanctuary and kill a lot of the people there, which included Wally West and Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I knew they were going to kill off Wally West because they've been emotionally tying people to him hard. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things like you can kind of feel the Im- impending doom train. Oh man! Uh, but we we've harped enough, I think, on on comic books. I think it's time to get into some of the, some of the good stuff, mm, the meat, video games. I thought we were done talking about video games because I mentioned Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. That, yeah, but these are kind of like the epitome. Those are, no, 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 no. Those, those were some like kind of little. Eh, you, okay, you teased. I teased. All right, I have to say this, and I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a fucking limb because I know some fans fucking hated it. I actually like the Assassin's Creed movie. Ugh. Get out. I said Assassin's. Get out. I don't care if this is your house. Get Not out. Not Prince of Persia. I said Assassin's Creed, bro. Oh my God. I know the two of them look alike. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm referring to Assassin's Creed. I still no. no. What, what what was your issue with it? Because I, honestly, Fassbender did a really good job. The guy who plays Fassbender in the uh, not Fassbender world was decent. I can't remember who that was, but you it, it did Abstergo in a way that Abstergo made some sense. It did the whole, like, first storyline of Assassin's Creed in a way that kind of fit its adaptation. Like, there's certain... You can't do a fucking Apple that can fucking control time and manipulate the fabric of the universe. You can. This isn't the MCU where they're trying to ground stuff in reality. With the Assassin's Creed movie, they literally... They were trying! Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, They were ha. trying to ground it in a physics-based world. Yeah. Which is a movie. Where driving into haystacks don't kill you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. This is this is a movie. This is a movie that did not have a previously established universe. There were no rules. When you do that, when you make that adaptation, you get to make the rules. Or at least stick to the ones that already existed from the source Well, they, they, they kind of did, though. I mean... They didn't, I understand not wanting to go the whole, like, Apple of Eden route and mm-hmm. shit. Like, that shit is a little bit too fucking dramatic, honestly. Listen, sometimes you just gotta keep science out of the movie. And keep it science fiction, not science fact. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, again, we're talking about a universe in which 
falling into hay doesn't kill you, regardless of how far that fall is. Physics in this universe are slightly broken. He does that. Automatically works in the universe that I, I imagine for Assassin's Creed as a movie. I didn't give a shit what they really did with the script as long as Michael Fassbender didn't end up being a like a, a drooling idiot. <laughs> you were about to use the R word. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh my god. As, as far as drooling idiots. Let's talk about you both. Probably not, because oh god, I don't know about you, but my boxing kills are really lacking. <laughs> or if Ubel ever does somehow get a hold of this podcast, no, dude, at this point, and decides at to this fight point, us, at this point, we're he's like sacrificing 70. you. To yeah, the no, ranks. at this point, he's like seventy. I think I can take him. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Mike is the one that's going to go ahead and box him on behalf of Red Comics Roll. All right, I'm ready. Listen, I'm, I will happily pay to put on your tombstone, <laughs> taken down by the elderly. <laughs> no, it has to say, murdered by Yui Bowl. Yes, yes. I mean, this is the, oh my god, his body of work. Oh my god. Let's talk about bad adaptations. And then you have to actually put produced, and then you have to do a whole bunch of shit, and then also my death. Single, single-handedly, the reason why people were afraid to do video game adaptation movies. I respect the guy for wanting to put himself out there and take on these projects, but... I, I don't respect uh, him for throwing money at literally anything that would give him the rights to their shit. That's just... He's speechless. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> well, uh, again, honestly... Mike, don't worry. Anything uh, that you're again, saying, yeah. Mike's going to be the one that's going to eat those words later. Yeah. So have at it. So... Just just focus on Blood Rain and use that to fuel your hatred. No, I, I'm, I'm going to walk out. Sir Sir Ben Kingsley, such a phenomenal, you know, critically acclaimed, fantastic actor, I, I was forget, tied to... I forget the girl's Zane. name, and I feel so bad that I forget her name, because I absolutely love her. She, she's she been in a ton of stuff. She was in a, a sci-fi TV, TV series for a long time, or well, for like two seasons or whatever, uh, with actually the guy that she's married to now. Um, but she was in, she was in Blood Rain, she was in, uh, Terminator 3. I'm not saying that she's had a large body of work that has been good, but I feel bad for her because she ends up tied to these projects, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now. I respect a man for doing what he wants with passion, but just... I'm just angry about House of the Dead. House of the Dead is one of my favorite rail shooting franchises ever, and again, I, the main issue is kind of like we, we've said a million times over is is not respecting the source material, which there's examples of where you can do it right. Ubal is by far the greatest example of where you're just doing it so wrong, so wrong. Well, okay, he this man has ru- has ruined um, what was the in the name of the king movie? Um, oh, that was D and D. Or not D&D, um, it was D&D, but uh, was it Forgotten Realms, I think, was it? No, In the Name of the King is based off of... Dungeon, Dungeon Siege. Siege. That's what it was, Dungeon Siege. He ruined Alone in the Dark. Another video game. Postal. Postal. Far Cry. Far Cry, actually, probably... No, no, probably, 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 no, no, I have to say this. I've seen Far Cry. I've seen Far Cry a couple times. It is by far... His least shitty piece of work. Okay, if you want to say least shitty, I can go with that. <laughs> that that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, this, uh, this is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to, oh, they actually made a part two of Alone in the Dark? They did. I didn't even know that. And actually, I think critically, Alone in the Dark is considered to be his last shitty, his least shitty 
He had a much bigger budget, and they were actually trying to go somewhere with it. That's yeah. why. I mean, they had uh, Ethan. Uh, Far Cry had no budget, and it still was. It, it filled the premise. Guy stuck on an island with guns. That was Far Cry One to me. I'm sorry. That's what Far Cry One was to me. But yeah, but uh, going out to previous things. This is what happened. Uh, what we feel is this is what happens where the the I honestly want to put your own artistic twists to <clears throat> what you put out there. But at the same time, you kind of have to listen to the fan base, or at least the creators of the franchise your, or the thing. Your work does not exist in a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> and just um, nothing against his vision, nothing against the man. But no, Everything against his vision and that man, because I really want to see Mike get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, but but no, it, it's, but it's still an example of what could go wrong if you don't pay attention to the original source. If you don't pay attention to... Granted, yes, fanboys, you can't always listen to what they want, but even listen to them a little bit. Yeah, exactly what you were saying. So, I mean, it's, it's not just about just, just the source material. It's you got to understand the source material. you got to understand your audience. you got to understand what you're trying to accomplish. You really need to take all those factors into consideration before you kind of make and, a film. And just don't be U.E. Bull. Yes. Um, that, that's another thing you have to take into consideration. If you are U.E. Bull, don't make a film. You really just <laughs> want to get punched in the face, don't you? Yes. Uh, and you know and if it comes down to me getting punched in the face or him ending his filmmaking career, I would take those fucking odds, sir. I will, I will give him credit where credit is due. I can always appreciate somebody... Who's willing to take pop shots of themselves and be somewhat self-aware, which is what did happen in. Post-Tool. But he's horribly not self-aware. No, no, no. He That's is, why he, is. he fights watch, people. No, no, watch, no, 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 but watch, watch Postal. He did that. He did that. He did get in a boxing with people. But that's just because he wanted to just go ahead and people were talking shit. And he wanted to silence people. I can go ahead and also respect that. You talk shit, you get hit. <laughs> people thought they could go ahead and knock him out, not realizing that he actually is a skilled boxer. So he got to show that off. But no, no, no. What I'm talking about is in Postal, he has a cameo in Postal as himself. And they're like, oh, you know what? Hey, is it true that all of your movies are financed by Nazi gold? And he's like, yes, it is absolutely true. That's what he wrote in to say about himself. And then the person shows up with a gun and he goes to shoot at you bull because he makes crappy films. And uh, then he even just says, he's like, oh, I, I um... oh, no, it was the original creator of Postal actually tries to assassinate you bull. He gets killed, and then as Evil's dying, he's like, oh, I hate video games anyways. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it was an obvious joke reference to himself, and I, I can appreciate that, even though Postal and all the rest of his body's work is awful. But, you know, not all video game adaptations are bad. So, my question to you guys is, what, especially people listening to this podcast, wherever, uh, what would you say is a good example of a video game turned into a movie? <laughs> Besides your Assassin's Creed. So I'm sure you can come up with a better example. I, I can, yes. Because I would have to say Silent Hill. I think the first Silent Hill, even though it was kind of uh, an amalgamation of the first and second uh, games, mostly you know the first, but with some slight changes to the story, I still think was a good adaptation for that, that universe. It still stuck to at least the idea of how Silent Hill works. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get back to that. I really enjoyed. I unfortunately, I know it's been so long. I have not had a chance to see Silent Hill two, but I really enjoyed Silent Hill one. It still had. It still was able to show you the world of Silent Hill. It 
like going into okay, well, what is this world like? What what is the creepiness of this world? Like what is where is the horror? You know, and, and it showed. It brought it out. And I really enjoyed it about that. Yeah, and I mean, even though the, my only issues with that movie being that, you know, the pyramid head and the nurses were very Silent Hill 2 centric because the way Silent Hill works is a lot of the things that manifest, a lot of the horrors that appear, the monsters, are reflections of your own personality or aspects of yourself. So the faceless nurse monsters were supposed to be a representation of James Lust, and the pyramid head was just, you know, just this giant his, monstrosity. His butcher. Yes, him being basically a, a, a monster without even kind of realizing yeah. it. So that was more towards that video game character story, but there are also iconic monsters from the series used many times over after the fact. So I can understand why they put them into the film and that I can kind of give that a pass again. So you, you, you took Silent Hill. This <laughs> is one of the few ones people can really go with. Well, it I is. Say it. And I mean, I don't want to go back and just say, oh, Mortal Kombat, because we already kind of said Mortal Kombat wasn't horrible. And I don't think it was the best adaptation, honestly. Honestly, there's not a lot of good video game movie adaptations. They are few and far between. So you want to put Rampage on there? Dude, at this point, I'd put Pixels above that. Oh, <laughs> Ouch. Oh. But, oh, wait, wait. That, that's not, not even an adaptation. Uh, that's, no, that's what sucks. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, honestly, it's just kind of hard for me to think of a good one anymore. I thought... No, though not Resident great. Resident Evil? Let's not go there, because it straight immediately... Like, no, okay, no, cool. just the first one. Just the first one. I enjoyed uh, the first one, but it just... The franchise alone just strayed so far that I just... I, I don't know, it's just... If you took with the first one, I could be happy with that. I, I can be happy with that one. Yeah, I mean, Beyond that. I understand what you're, you're saying. Well, when, you, when you look at the entire franchise, they, they took the parts of... This is what they did. After one, they took the parts, they're like, oh man, this is cool. And they turned those parts into They code Veronica the movie. shit out of it. Uh-huh. That's it. They took, the, they took just the, the, the slow-mo shots, the shots they were sort of badass. They're like, okay, now that we have these scenes... Let's make a movie around it. <laughs> also, it's just like, there are some other cool characters in the series that they just cut down so bad. Like, uh, Nicolas Genevieve. They brought him into, I can't, I think, I don't remember if it was two or three they brought him in. Russian guy. But like, in the movie, he was a soldier. He did his thing. He got killed. Like, you know, he tried to, he tried to help save the lives and got killed. In the actual Resident Evil series, he is an asshole. Like, not only is he an asshole, but I, it's been so long since I've looked at the, the games and everything like that, but he was an overseer in, of UBCS agents in Raccoon City. So it was his job to lead them. And his personality was it, his survival. He was all about survival to the point where he even shot one of his own soldiers in the knee to avoid zombies being like, it's cheaper for me to lose you than to waste my entire clip. Yeah. But they didn't show that. They took away the characters. Like, no, you're just a soldier. Go do your thing. So, uh, to me, like, there's a lot of character development that they left out. To show you how far... Now, granted, yes, they replaced it by showing how truly evil Resident Evil was. But... There we the go. I, we, we, we found my favorite, my favorite video game adaptation. Fucking Double Dragon. I forgot about that okay, fucking movie. That was so bad it was good, though. That's, that's like the Sharknado of uh, film ad- video game adaptations. I'll let you have that, because I, that, that Double Dragon is a major part of my, my you know, 
growing up, my, you know, well, my childhood. That was in 94. Oh, my God. No, I'm talking about even just the video games, but also my, my brother and I watching that movie. Like, my dad still would, like, crack jokes about that. He'd be like, oh, hey, look, it, it's, 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 it's homely and ugly, the Lee brothers. Which was a joke that came out of that cheesy-ass film. Oh, God. So that's your that's your pick, is Double Dragon? I mean, it's got to be that, or if I wanted to pick a legitimate one, I'd have to say Warcraft at this point. Because I forgot about that adaptation as well. And I think that being, an, that adaptation is actually a phenomenal, like, hey, if we're going to do something, let's just do the story of the first war and fucking call it a day. I honestly Warcraft! Didn't, I honestly didn't think that was going to work either. Like, the second they announced a Warcraft film, there's certain movies that you hear are going to get made. And you kind of sit there and you're like, man, I don't know if you should do that. I'm not really sure how that would work. And I would definitely say Warcraft was one of those movies. I mean, the okay, so the armor in that movie was straight out of, like, Chinese filmmaking. Like, the, the big fucking giant shoulder pieces. And oh, you mean wears. just like the game? Yes. Just <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's a simple little thing. Though, granted, so... But watch that. Combat useless. But I'm glad they still stuck to like, the imagery. Yeah. I'm, but wa- go ahead and watch that and then follow it up with watching Matt Damon's The Great Wall. Mm. Well, okay, to be fair, <laughs> Chinese filmmaking is that way though and that's something that i think is is very awesome and i think that's one of the ways that i think that's one of the reasons why warcraft exploded in the chinese box office like that money made more money in china than it did everywhere else in the world times like five so i can't i don't really have a pick at the moment but i do want to bring up this conversation how do you feel about doom i thought doom was good for what it was I thought Doom was a pile of horseshit for what it was. <laughs> ah, fuck you. I, I, I think I think the one thing I there, there enjoyed was saving, there was two saving graces to Doom. One of them is named The Rock, and the other one's name is Judge Dredd. Car- <laughs> I was say Carl Urban. Carl Urban was well. That's what I was gonna say. So I mean, the, uh, it wasn't based off of the first Doom game. That seems to be a common misconception people have. Even though it's called Doom, it was actually more based off of the the uh, third game. Yeah. That's what the stories go based off. So, funny enough, it actually stayed pretty true to that game. Except for they expanded on it. Except a... nobody shot any rocket launchers at giant red aliens. No, they did skip out, unfortunately, on some of the aliens. Because what they did is... I want my repeating the... rocket launcher in a movie. <laughs> you, got, you, got the B, you got the BFG? Yeah. But I they... don't give a shit. I hardly ever use that fucking gun. You use the rocket launcher forever in that game. But the BFG is like one of the most iconic weapons that you have in that game. Even though the one time it got shot, it just got shot at a wall. It didn't even get shot at a monster of any kind. I was like, no! Though as cheesy as it was, I thought... And nobody punched anybody with brass knuckles. That too. <laughs> but I-, I thought the the FPS scene was just hilarious. I'm yes. sorry. It, it, I-, I can't say it was impressive, but it did to me at a level of hilarity, just seeing the stupidness. But like good or bad? Because for me it was good. Okay, no, it was good. good. I, was I good. enjoyed it because it's just, it's a comedy of seeing like no no like this is what it looks like in a video game. So what would it look like in real life? No, it's not how it like, works. No. It's, it's no, <laughs> but it was just you so want to speak of a true adaptation. The fact that somebody took that scene from that movie and, and made a whole like, movie. I'm gonna do that as a fucking movie, but with parkour. Okay, okay. First off, Lights. fuck you, because um, I almost forgot the name Hardcore of it. Hardcore Henry. Hardcore yes. Henry 
was based off of a short film that was made that was yes. put up on YouTube, which was awesome. Yeah. That was actually, that's how you do a first person, like, almost continuous kind of shot style movie well. Versus yeah. the way Doom did. But Doom was still, Doom, we also gotta take in mind this is 2005. And I guess this is where a lot of people made the comment about Venom in their reviews saying, oh, this is definitely a movie from 2005. Because 2005 definitely had a certain style of making movies. And Doom definitely kind of fit that kind of somewhat, I'm trying to take this serious, but it's going to come out looking cheesy type deal. Well, <clears throat> okay. So in the in the 2000s, we had the Tomb Raiders, which weren't horrible. No, but the no. new one, I haven't seen, and I haven't heard anything. Well, it's got... The Alicia Vikander movie? It's It's been getting good reviews. It's been pretty well, you know, accepted. I just think that the problem is, is they really didn't put as much emphasis in getting it known. They didn't put it put as much into marketing as they probably could have. And even then, it's kind of like, um, I don't even really know how to put that into terms in regards to a movie's concerned. Because I think that's the reason why we're not getting an Ethan Drake film. I mean, there's not a lot of people I think would really be interested in that kind of style of movie. I don't know. It's well, I mean, they already cast Jake Gyllenhaal as a Persian prince. Uh, let's. Uh, I can see Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I can definitely see Nathan Fillion doing that. Well, they did. They did do a test footage, mm-hmm. kind of like fan film, and it kind of worked out. Yeah. But I mean, the problem is, is it's it's like it's it's kind of based off is of the franchise. Jones. Is a franchise big enough where it might be worth it for them at least? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it. you had you had Indiana Jones, and I mean, Tomb Raider, and even like Uncharted is mm-hmm. paying homage to um, Indiana Jones. But it's like uh, I, I'm not sure because even Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones has kind of fallen out of uh, its graces over time with people, especially after the last film, the, you know, the Crystal Skull. A lot of people are like, ugh. Nope, I'm done. Well, I'm done with the franchise. The thing is, is I think that the adventure film franchise idea is is harder to script at this point. Like, it's hard to write that kind of like premise. Like, I would say it's hard to write the premise unless you're referring to it's hard uh, to write it to where it would keep audiences captivated. Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm just saying to tell the story isn't difficult oh, to no. get people to actually care about the story. And dude, want the, to write, the writing is as easy as hey, we heard about a treasure, we're gonna go find it, and that's Nazis, how we got City of Gold. And, Nazis or some um, other group of bad guys gets yeah. it away. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like as much as I do like that kind of movie from time to time, that just in this day and age, it's it's, it's falling to the wayside. Well, and the thing is, is, like, you have to remember that Uncharted does some weird things. Like, Uncharted goes the route of Crystal Skull in its storytelling sometimes, and we give it lenience because, again, it's a video game, not an Indiana Jones film where we've dealt with, you know, ghosts and Nazis. I mean, again, we found the Ark of the Covenant at one point, so I don't really know why the Aliens premise was so bad. It's because, that's the thing, is people can accept the supernatural, but people cannot accept the extraterrestrial, for whatever reason. Don't ask me where that logic is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The universe is only exponentially large, and we're alone in it, apparently. Oh. That's that's why I said, don't don't even try and get me to <laughs> discuss the logic, because that would be a podcast in itself, but for whatever reason, exactly that. We live in, from what we've been told several times over, you know, space is infinite, but just, yeah, just, we're the only life. Just, just putting it out there, I don't believe in little green men, I just believe that we are not alone in the universe. <laughs> yeah, but people have no problem believing in ghosts. I believe in both, and that is my stance. 
Anthony, 2020. I think that's really going to go ahead and roll us out for this evening. Unless you guys have anything you want to add real quick in um, regards to movie adaptations. Not at the moment, but... I think we didn't really even touch on books that much. No. I think book book adaptations tend to do fairly well. Unless we're talking uh, Percy Jackson, I think though. It depends. So, I mean, per- whoa, 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 you can't say they do pretty well. Do you? Come on. There's no, a book series that we all can agree on did not do well. Especially since I'm pretty sure none of us have read it. What? Twilight. Come on. Aww. Aww. All right. All right that, no, no, we're, that, done. That, we're done. We're done. We're done. On that note, I just have to say this. So, we've had a lot of those teen angst fueled books like the 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 young teen novel a little novel. bit too much a little bit too much, little bit too much. and it's it started to show over the years certain movies that have come out have done fucking horribly you had the um uh what was that series with the girl um no the other one say, the other just, one there's so many that could be that's why yeah. it's like you need to really um, be more specific the one that's not the hunger games but has the girl who's supposed to kick ass because she's supposed to be like some super special person or something. I know what you're talking about, but Divergent. I don't remember the name of it. Divergent there series. It is. Yeah. Um, so you had that series, and it didn't do well. And mainly you could feel that was because a lot of the people involved in that film didn't want to be involved in that film. And we're going to go ahead and diverge from that conversation. Uh. <laughs> and go ahead and call it a So we want to go ahead and thank you, Will, for joining us. Thank as you for always. having me. It's a pleasure. I'm going to box Anthony after this. <laughs> Whatever. And then you, Ebol. I'll be prepared. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, because we have a lot of great content on there as well. Be sure to follow us on social media as well. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the other social media listed down below. Join us on Discord, where you can verbally box with the Ready Comics Roll crew and the other rollers. And don't have to worry about being punched in the face. Don't forget to join us on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. And for every Patreon supporter we get this month, I will send an email directly to Yui Bull to challenge him to a boxing match.